Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. and happy Thursday. Hey, this is a really fun conversation for me. Today, I'm going to be the interviewed. For the next two days, my amazing co-host on television, Amanda Head, is going to turn the tables on me and ask me to trace all my five years of reporting on Hunter Biden. We're going to start today with all the scoops that gave rise to the Biden family scandal in 2019 when I was working at the Hill newspaper. Tomorrow, we'll talk about all the scoops we've achieved at Just the News and why, when you take all that reporting, there is such extraordinary evidence, often denied by the mainstream media, to support an impeachment inquiry. Well, today's day one. Amanda's going to turn the tables. I'll be the interviewed today. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you learn something from it. It's a fun look down the reporting I've done and why it matters, why we should all be concerned about the Biden family's behavior, regardless of whether we're a Democrat, a Republican, or an independent. Today and tomorrow, that's what we got for you. Please enjoy. And a big thank you to Amanda Head for putting this together with me. Have a good time. Enjoy this for the next hour. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews. And extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. I'm your host, Amanda Head, reporting to you from Los Angeles, California. And tonight, with cooperation from my amazing titan of a co-host, John Solomon, we are going to bring you a very special educational briefing of the origins of the Hunter Biden scandal. Now, you might be thinking, Amanda and John are always on air together. What's so special about it? Well, on this very show, every day, we have members of Congress, thought leaders, business leaders, even United States presidents, 
But someone who ranks up there with these heroes is my very own co-host, and I get to share the screen with him every night. Now, as you all know, John Solomon has an illustrious career as a journalist interviewing some of America's most popular pro athletes, most wanted fugitives, and best-known politicians. And in his 30-year career, his creative and aggressive style as an investigative journalist, coupled with his honesty and integrity, led to his uncovering of one of the biggest and potentially most corrupt political families in modern American history. It's like I always say, John Solomon is that guy who, if he is digging around and asking questions about you, you better hire a lawyer. A good one. Like, I don't know, Abby Lowell. Oh, yeah, that's just what Hunter Biden did, specifically Abby Lowell. Now, John was one of the few intrepid and courageous journalists who caught the Biden corruption sent early on. How early? Well, we're going to find out. If you have read John Solomon's book that he co-authored with one of our favorite show guests, uh, Seamus Brenner, titled Fallout, Nuclear Bribes, Russian Spies, and the Washington Lies that Enrich the Clinton-Biden Dynasties, then you've already got kind of a primer on the conversations that we're going to be having tonight. But John was one of the lone voices sounding the alarm when he was working over at the Hill, as he always does. He researches, he writes, he publishes with the utmost integrity, which is more than I can say for 90% of the rest of media. But he caught a lot of heat back then with formerly legacy institutions calling him a conspiracy theorist time after time with his trademark patience for letting the truth come out while he sticks to the facts he was proven right and they were proven wrong. Tonight, I want to use the first two segments of the show kind of like a study guide for all of you. There are a lot of pieces and players involved. So we're going to walk through a who's who, a cast of characters of this Biden saga. We are then going to go through the facts as we know it chronologically from John's initial discoveries and reporting of possible wrongdoing by the Bidens throughout his time at the Hill. And in case you all need a refresher, this is what Joe Biden has asserted all along and is still saying counter to the information and reporting that we're about to reveal to you. Roll the tape. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business Yes, I stand by that statement. There's not a single solitary thing anyone said that was done wrong. I don't discuss business with my son because I don't want to have any knowledge of any I, I don't want to be accused of well you talk with your son or you talk with your whomever and so the fact is though everybody's looked at that he did nothing wrong zero I've never discussed my business or their business my sons or daughters and I've never discussed them because they know where I have to do my job and that's it. And they have to make their own judgments. Why was it appropriate when you were the vice president for him to have foreign investments? Well, the fact is, I was unaware of his investments until it occurred, and I've never discussed what my son's business with him. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about, uh, what are you talking about, China. I have not had, a, the only guy made money from China is this guy. Mm-hmm. What do you say? Should we bring in the man of the hour, John? You have had so much reporting on this, so much that has been proven right, and I am ready to take a trip down memory lane. How about you? You know, I, I, I was watching, I was thinking, well, how consistent Joe Biden has been. He's been consistent all along. He's been consistently wrong, but he's been very consistent. I got to give him credit for that. He's stuck <laughs> to his talking points, which he doesn't always do. So how about that? <laughs> well, this yeah, will be fun tonight. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this. I, Thank I'm, you. Thanks for doing this. I am too. And I'm looking forward to picking your brain because, you know, so often when I'm out talking to Americans, uh, when I'm out at, at conferences or even in Washington, D.C., I constantly get stopped and people ask me, what is it like working for John Solomon? And I always just tell them in, in, in a word, it's a dream because I get to learn from you uh, and, and observe you, yeah. observe your practices, observe your integrity every day. And I'm, I'm really excited to dive I into I got to correct so, you on one thing you don't work for, you work with. That's the most important thing. Well, we're, we're a team and I'm very proud of that. I really am. So I, I appreciate that. Um, so before we dive into the cast of characters, I yeah. wanted to ask you, because I, you know, you, you've been covering this so long, and I think for a lot of people, they think that John Solomon has probably just been covering this forever because there is such a voluminous amount of volume or of, of materials. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was Marie Curie. There was someone in the scientific community who said, you know, you found something at the end of an experiment, not when you say Eureka, but when you say, hmm. 
that's funny. And it often starts like that, doesn't it? It's when you it see does. something that's a little off kilter that just doesn't seem to line up. When was that moment for you when you saw some association, some money trail, some document, some email, some comment? When was the first moment, can you remember back then, uh, when you thought to yourself, mm, I think something is not right? So the very first time that I had a, an odd feeling about it was in the spring of 2014. I was the editor of the Washington Times at the time, and I saw this little story come out uh, in one of the wire services saying that uh, Hunter Biden had agreed to join this Ukrainian natural gas company. And we just Googled it at the time. I remember my investigative team at the Washington Times, and it's like, well, this company has a lot of uh, luggage in the Ukrainian press, and it's such an odd place for Joe Biden to go. Let's keep an eye on that. And then, of course, Joe Biden didn't run for president in 2016, and it fell off our radar. Uh, but the real moment when I I knew that there was something up. I had been for over two years working on the Russian collusion story, unraveling piece by piece with it. People like Sarah Carter and Devin Nunes and Cash Patel and uh, John Radcliffe and, and Jim Jordan. We worked together, Mark Meadows, who had been in Congress. And it was December of uh, 2018, I remember. It would have been this week, this very week, a couple days before Christmas, uh, when uh, I get the phone call. And uh, it's from one of my FBI sources who've been helping me on a whole bunch of the Russia uh, uh, story and you know all the unraveling of it. By that point, I was pretty far out there. In December of 2018, three months before the Mueller report came out, I had already reported on Hannity and on, on my own news uh, outlet at the Hill that uh, Mueller had cleared uh, President Trump on uh, mm -hmm. Russia collusion charges. So I was hanging out there waiting for that to happen, but I knew I was right because I had the right sources. And I got, uh, I got a call from one of my FBA sources saying, we're going to send you a little Christmas package and happy reading. And uh, it showed up a couple days later. I went downstairs, picked it up just before work. And the first half of the document were some things I still needed to report on Russia collusion, uh, things like an FBI agent named Barnett who uh, had given this explosive account to the FBI mm -hmm. about all the mishandling. And then all of a sudden, the, the document takes a turn about eight pages in, and then on the eight pages in, Mark, it goes, oh, there's a whole other thing that the FBI is being thwarted on. At the same time, they're being pushed to investigate Donald Trump for something that doesn't appear to be legitimate. There's this other issue. And I'm like, what's this other issue? It's Hunter Biden. And I remember, oh, I remember this coming up when I was at The Washington Times, and it laid out a pretty remarkable uh, story that Joe Biden had been caught on tape just a few months earlier, back in the summer of 16 or May of 16, I think it was, uh, I'm sorry, May of 18, uh, saying uh, I withheld a billion dollars from the Ukrainian president. I leveraged it until they fired the prosecutor. And then the document said, oh, that prosecutor just happened to be investigating Burisma where Hunter Biden was working. And that began uh, what was a six or eight month journey. Um, I got the documents the week before Christmas, 2018. Uh, a lot of the Mueller stuff broke in the January, February, March time from I went back and really stayed focused on that. And then after the Mueller report came out, and I, I was corroborated, it had been corroborated that, in fact, Mueller would not charge yep. uh, uh, Donald Trump with any crimes related to Russia collusion. Uh, I went back to this and very quickly I found the video. I found uh, some of the information. I said, I need to interview the law enforcement officials in Ukraine. They seem to know something about this. And I reached out uh, uh, to uh, one of my lawyers who had a, uh, a fixer, a handler in Ukraine who spoke Ukraine. And I asked that person, this guy, uh, his name was Lev Parn. I said, can you help me get these interviews, introduce me, and I'll make the request. And I did. And a short while later, the attorney general of Ukraine at the time, a guy named Yuri Litsenko, uh, agreed to do an interview. And in that interview, he said, listen, we think that there was inappropriate pressure to shut down uh, the, uh, our investigations of Burisma. And uh, also, he said something very profound. And this is what I got the tinfoil hat award for right away. He said, <laughs> Ukrainian officials believed that Hunter Biden had not paid his taxes on some of his briefs of money. People called me a nut for trusting the attorney general of Ukraine yeah. for saying that. Well, what, what do we now know from the indictment that came out a few weeks ago? Hunter Biden did not pay taxes on some of his briefs of money from 2014, just like Yuri Lucento mm. said. But that began the journey. And in the last week of March of 2019, the information I got in December of 2018 uh, first became uh, public. And that started a long journey. In the first couple of months, 
the New York Times and ABC News and others match me. And then all of a sudden, everybody flipped around after confirming my stories mm-hmm. and started to say, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. And it, it, the reversal came as it became more and more clear that uh, that Joe Biden against the odds was going to become the Democratic nominee. And the press just turned on its own story. I didn't. I stuck with the facts. And it was a long journey after that. Yeah, I just picture that gif of Bart Simpson just receding into the bushes. That's how I picture mainstream media when you started pulling all of these facts and presenting them to the American people. And I think that this is the perfect place to start because I want to get a tear out. Throw it up on the screen, guys, of your reporting over at the Hill. This very first article that you put out, senior Ukrainian official says he opened probe into U.S. election interference. That, of course, would be one of your interviews with Yuri Letsenko. This is when he talks about uh, the NABU director, Artsem Sitnik, um, the National Anti-Corruption Bureau of Ukraine fellow that had some some shady connections that we're going to talk about in a minute. But tell us why this is important. Well, as the story went on, the Ukrainian officials who first confirmed their concerns about Hunter Biden and some other things, they believe that back in 2016, uh, the Ukrainian embassy in Washington had interfered in the U.S. election. They were trying to get uh, a better uh, promotion of Hillary Clinton and to try to raise concerns about Donald Trump. In fact, I think the ambassador to the United States from Ukraine actually wrote an uh, op-ed basically saying Donald Trump would be bad for Europe. That's kind of a foreign power interfering in our elections, uh, I was able to find a, uh, a former embassy employee. So he was a Ukrainian employee. He worked in the Washington embassy for the government of Ukraine. And he came forward, as he had done previously with Politico, and said, listen, in during the middle of the election, I witnessed some efforts by the embassy of the Ukraine in, in the city of Washington, D.C., trying to help Hillary Clinton and hurt uh, Donald Trump. One of the ideas was they were going to try to arrange uh, for Victor Uh, for the president of um, Ukraine, Petro Poshenko, to come and meet with Hillary Clinton and show her presence on the Mm -hmm. world stage during the end of the election. There were some other shenanigans going on. And I wrote that story, by the way. Politico had previously written that story. The New York Times then matched that story. And then everybody called it a conspiracy theory. I don't know how that happened, but somebody started to uh, this this what became a regular tool of cancel culture, a regular tool of censorship, which is anything you don't like. If it's not the preferred narrative, either call it Russian disinformation or a conspiracy theory. And that's when the counteroffensive against me began. But when you go back now, all of that information was confirmed. In fact, uh, not that long ago, uh, I got a statement. It was only a couple of years ago. Uh, I got a statement from the Ukraine embassy, who, which confirmed that some of the emails that I had reported on were, in fact, authentic and true. And that you, some, I know. Imagine that. <laughs> Unbelievable. OK, we, we are not going to stop there. We're going to pick up exactly where we are leaving off on the other, ti- other side of this break. We're going to try to stretch some of these blocks because there's so much information to give you all. I know it seems like you can be drowning in it, but we're going to piece it out and make it uh, pretty digestible. We'll be right back after these messages. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick 
House Nutrition, and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Welcome back, everybody, to this special episode where I just get to pick my co-host's brain. And there is so much in that brain of his, John Solomon. I don't know how we're going to actually get to all of it. And, of course, we won't. It would take us weeks upon weeks to to uncover and discuss all of the, the items pertaining to Hunter Biden and his shady business dealings. But I want to get back to that March 2019 article of yours from The Hill. I think this was your first interview with Yuri Letsenko, who, for our audience who, who doesn't dive into all of these characters and who they are, he was actually Victor Shokin. <laughs> successor as prosecutor general. So this guy had a lot of information on a lot of the people, one who we were just discussing in the previous uh, block, Artem Sitnik. Now, this guy was the director of NABU, the anti-corruption group in Ukraine. Um, and I wanted to ask you, because he he was willing to help Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election. That's what was, this probe was all about anyway. What was the help that he was willing to put forth for Hillary Clinton to win? Unclear, right? There, it just uh, there was a belief that some Ukrainian officials, not particularly Artem Sitnik, he might have been the recipient of it, but that they had come up with these ledgers uh, showing that Paul mm-hmm. Manafort was taking these payments. But we later learned, and it's not even in dispute now, that the ledgers were actually manufactured. The original ledgers right. had burned in a fire, and so they were manufactured. In fact, the lawmaker in Ukraine who found them, and I forget his name now because it's been a long time, but he was like this reformer, the former journalist. <laughs> He he told me in an interview, and I kind of knew they probably were manufactured, but I want to get into the FBI because they might have some truth in them. The FBI never really made clear when the story leaked in the New York Times um, about Paul Manafort that these might have been manufactured uh, documents. And so um, that was the beginning. They wanted to create the beginning of the uh, Russia collusion story with Paul Manafort in Ukraine. All right. So we're starting to peel back the layers of the onion. And with this next piece that you published, John, I think this was when you started blowing the lid off of the relationship between the Bidens and Ukraine. And you published this article on April 1st of 2019 entitled Joe Biden's 2020 Ukrainian Nightmare, a closed probe is revived. And I just want to remind everybody, uh, you know, Joe Biden, there's this infamous video out there of him bragging. about having Victor Shokin, the prosecutor general at the time, fired. Right. Uh, and Joe Biden claims that there were different motives behind it uh, other than what seems to be. But let's roll that tape. He said, no, nah, I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Oh, the chain reaction of of that time that I think that was that was a Kiev visit yeah. uh, in 2015 that ultimately led to the firing in, in uh, March of 2016. Um, Joe Biden claims that the reason that he pressured them to fire Victor Shokin to move on to someone else as a prosecutor general is because Joe Biden sensed corruption, among other things. 
The unfortunate thing is that that didn't necessarily align with State Department policy. And also, Viktor Shokin at the time was being criticized by both Ukrainian and U.S. officials for not going hard enough at corruption. John, when you see things like this, when you see the dichotomy between what Joe Biden is saying, or I want you to think back to your mindset at the time, when you saw that dichotomy between what Joe Biden was saying and what was reality, how'd you feel? So I knew something that I couldn't report yet when this article came out, April 1st, 2019, but I knew it and I was eventually able to report it. But on the 1st of April of 2019, I couldn't, but I knew it was there because it was in the original FBI documents. In the fall of 2018, shortly before I was reached out to by FBI officials, I, um, the Ukrainian government in the form of Yuri Lusenko and some other prosecutors, they tried to reach out to the U.S. government and say, listen, we think there is a corruption problem with the Biden family. We don't know if he's going to run or not in 2020, but you ought to take a look at this. And they were trying to get the U.S. attorney in New York, um, uh, Donald Trump's U.S. attorney in New York, to open an investigation into the possibility that Hunter Biden was cheating on his taxes and may have been involved in some other wrongdoing. And they even hired a former U.S. attorney from the United States to go do it. And we've had him on our show several times. He reaches out uh, to, the, uh, 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 to New York and says, hey, the Ukrainians want to come and brief you on some possible corruption. Nothing ever comes to that. But I knew of that overture. And I knew that there were documents sitting in the United States government that the Ukrainian prosecutors had come to the United States trying to get an investigation started. And I knew that would eventually come out. And in fact, it did. Uh, we eventually did get that out. But uh, at the time, uh, I had a lot of things that I knew were going to fall into place at, over time. I knew that what I was reporting was accurate. And I knew what the Ukrainian prosecutors were telling me. I had already corroborated with the FBI and other U.S. government agencies before I reported it. Now, uh, other people in the media didn't know what I knew, and so they were slinging arrows at me or suggesting it was thinly reported. But we had it pretty well nailed down. And I think what the Ukrainians did in the spring of 2019 when I got on the trail was they decided, hey, we'll get the rest of the media to follow this because we're going to announce we're reopening all these issues on Burisma. And they did. They just decided to reopen them. And some people in the media did report on the reopening. That was the hook for that particular column. But I knew the bigger story. I knew that there was something else that the FBI was concerned about with Hunter Biden. And I knew that there was a tax issue with Hunter Biden related to Burisma. And everybody I talked to, including State Department officials who I talked to before the first story, thought it was very odd for the vice president of the United States to care about who was the attorney general of Ukraine. That's an internal matter in a country. We're not supposed to dictate to other countries who their cabinet or secretaries are. We stay out of that. Why was Joe Biden so interested in changing out that prosecution? And the answer came back very quickly because that prosecutor had started to ramp up an investigation of Burisma. And uh, today we know that to be true. But back at the time, a lot of people disputed it. They said, oh, there was no investigation going on. That's not true. There was. There was no asset forfeiture going on. There was. Uh, they actually re-seized uh, Mr. Zolchevsky's um, Assets and back. cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right as this is going on, I would watch these people in Ukraine saying, that's not happening. And I'm like, it did. There's a court order. Here's the court order. Look at it. But the media, uh, the media protectors of the Biden family literally ran a disinformation campaign for a while. And what I decided to do is, listen, I can't change their minds. What I'm going to do is keep flooding the zone with facts. And over the next three years, that's what I did. I flooded the zone with as many facts as I could. Yeah. And it's been incredible to see because as I look at your reporting and I look at some of the reporting from mainstream media, your articles are anchored with facts. They are anchored with dates. They are anchored with names. They are anchored with firsthand accounts, firsthand interviews that you had with people. They are anchored with documents. And then you look at some of the articles of, of some of the mainstream media and the accusations, the claims of conspiracy theory, the innuendos. It's just it's. If someone were to look at your articles side by side critically, not knowing anything about the background, I don't think that there would be any comparison. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, so you spoke with Shokin. Um, what were some of the top lines from the conversations that you were able to have with him? Yes, I talked to both Lusenko, who succeeded Shokin, Yuri Lusenko, right. and Victor yep. Shokin. And they were very, very consistent. Both of them had access to the same body of records. Lusenko was trying to get, in his current role, get the U.S. to investigate this. Uh, Shokin felt like he had been a victim. His story was very simple. John, I, uh, I, I took over after the Burisma case was initially dropped by my predecessor. I didn't act on it for a while. Then I saw the U.S. Uh, ambassador, Jeffrey Pyatt, uh, an Obama 
have a Biden ambassador in the fall of 15 say, why isn't the Shokin doing anything about Burisma? And I looked at it like, oh, I can restart that. So he restarted the case and that made Joe Biden angry. And Viktor Shokin said he was told directly by Petro Poroshenko, the president of Ukraine, that Joe Biden called and said, I need you to fire uh, Viktor Shokin because he won't shut down his investigation of Burisma and it's causing me some heartache. So President Poroshenko uh, is telling Victor Shokin, and Victor Shokin's then telling me he was fired for one reason and one reason only, and that is that Joe Biden was mad that Victor Shokin had um, restarted an investigation of Burisma that had been buried under Victor Shokin's predecessor as the Ukraine prosecutor general. And so his story was consistent. He later would swear it out in an affidavit in a court in Austria. So under the penalty of perjury, he would tell that same story. And his story never changed and wavered. Joe Biden's story has changed and wavered as recently as a few weeks ago. Uh, and I knew one other thing. I knew there were some documents that early on, the State Department showed me some documents that I, I could just use for background, but I couldn't put them out. But I knew that the State Department had documents telling Joe Biden that in the fall of 2015, he should keep Victor Shokin and approve a billion dollars, meaning he should do the opposite of what he actually did when he bragged in that videotape. Joe Biden went to Ukraine, fired or forced the firing of Shokin and said, I'm going to withhold a billion dollars. I had been shown documents in the summer of 2019 that showed that the State Department had recommended Joe Biden give him the billion dollars. They've made enough progress. And hey, uh, Victor Shokin's doing a good job. In fact, we even sent him a letter of praise. I would later sue and get those documents uh -huh. and make them public. But I knew at the time I was writing this, my story was incredibly solid based on things I was seeing, I had been shown, but wasn't able to report yet. Yeah. I mean, you knew your story was solid all along, but uh, we are going to pick up where we left off and then power through chronologically if you're reporting over at the Hill, all of which so much of these these items we all already know to be true. But of course, all along the way, Joe, uh, John Solomon was called the conspiracy theorist. And we're going to debunk so much of that coming up after these commercial messages. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to dive straight back in. And I just have one more question related to that last story, John, because as you said, Victor Shokin's story has remained consistent yeah. this entire time. Where is he and how can we get him on the show? Uh, he's in uh, Vienna, Austria sometimes and sometimes in Ukraine. He moves back and forth. Uh, he's been very hard to reach over the last couple of years because he knows under the current president uh, in Ukraine, uh, there's no value in him popping his head out. So he's lying pretty low. He did one brief interview uh, with Fox News, but thus far hasn't been willing to do another one. But he knows my number and we, we stay in touch. Yeah. I would think if there was any journalist out there that he would want to stay in touch with and service with an interview, it would be you. All right. So let's move on to the month of April, April 7th of 2019, with the publishing of your piece at the Hill, Ukrainian to U.S. prosecutors. Why don't you want evidence on Democrats? Mm -hmm. And, John, you start out this article and you highlight um, uh, I think this is the one where you talked about our ambassador, Marie Ivanovich, and mm -hmm. the relationship that she had at that time with your interviewee, uh, Yuri uh, Letsenko. Right. And it was kind of dicey because she seemed to assert uh, some power moves on Ukraine that really, I would think in diplomatic circles, would not be appropriate. 
Yeah, listen, I think that's always been one of the mysteries here. Why was the U.S. so heavy-handed with the Ukrainian prosecutor's office? And one answer is Ukraine has a long history of corruption, so the United States doesn't want to see its money get squandered. And so they were putting pressure on these prosecutors. But Yuri Lusenko came out of a camp of uh, uh, Ukrainian politicians who had fought the more Russian-friendly. So he was kind of a a favored son of the United States. He had been imprisoned by uh, Yanukovych, I believe it was, and he was sort of a Western hero when he got out. And when he when he was named to the job, remember, after Shokin gets fired by Joe Biden, Lusenko is the Obama-Biden administration handpicked guy. Now, all of a sudden, Joe Biden's people are want to take uh, and attack the character of Yuri Lusenko, the very man they picked to replace mm-hmm. Victor Shokin. And it, it, to me, it didn't seem uh, congruent. There was something going on And I knew, hey, the Ukrainians keep telling us the same story and somebody doesn't want it to be told in the United States. And those somebodies all are Democrats or permanent administrative figures. You know, people who have been in the government a long time, like Victoria Nuland and and Marie Ivanovich and George uh, Kent. And, you know, it's amazing. George Kent, the guy with the bow tie at the um, at the uh, impeachment uh, inquiry of Donald Trump, he, he he managed to tell two entirely different stories without ever anyone noticing it. He was telling people inside the State Department, Joe Biden's son ruined our uh, anti-corruption efforts by allowing his son Hunter to run over and do this deal with Brisma. Then he was telling everybody in the impeachment inquiry, oh, I, I don't, there was no reason for Donald Trump to be asking questions. The answer was uh-huh. Donald Trump had a right to ask questions. I had a right to ask questions. The American public had a right to ask questions because something was not right in Ukraine when it came to the Bidens. And eventually I would get this extraordinary document. It's only been a year ago. I think we broke it on this show. In fact, it was a classified document. It was a uh, email from George Kent, the number two at the U.S. Embassy in Kiev, to Marie Ivanovich, the woman you just mentioned. And he literally wrote, somebody should tell Vice President Joe Biden that his son undercut, that was his word, undercut U.S. Uh, anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine. Now, that's a direct contradiction to all of the State Department officials' testimony during the impeachment trial. They kept saying, Hunter Biden, yeah, it was a conflict of interest, but it didn't have any impact on U.S. policy. This document shows the State Department did see Hunter Biden having a negative impact on U.S. policy. It came out two years after uh, the impeachment uh, trial, and so or three years after the impeachment trial, and so the American public couldn't judge it at the time. But Marie Ivanovich was just one of these characters that felt that it was the Americans' job to tell Ukrainians how to run their prosecutors, how to run their police, who to prosecute, and who not to prosecute. The story you're citing there, there were these NGOs funded by George Soros and other liberal activists in Ukraine. They call them civil society groups, and I'm sure they were trying to do good things. But the Ukrainian prosecutors believed that they had been misappropriating some money, including U.S. money, and Yovanovitch and the and the uh, embassy didn't want, I mean, not Yovanovitch personally, but the embassy didn't want uh, the prosecutors to look at these civil society groups aligned with the United States, even though it was okay under Russian law for them to investigate that. And that became the source of this conflict that that story is about. Yeah, I mean, the... I can't imagine a culture of diplomacy where you would have a nation submitting a list of people not to prosecute in another country, trying to 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 muscle that on another country. It's it's insane to me. Uh, but I wanted to read a, a clip from one of your articles from this article, actually. Sure. Ukrainian businessmen authorized payments for lobbying efforts directed at the U.S. government. In addition, these payments were made from funds that were acquired during the money laundering operation. We have information that a U.S. company was involved in these payments. That company is tied to one or more prominent Democrats, Ukrainian officials assist. What were the, do you remember what the companies were and do you remember who the Democrats were? They never gave me uh, the information on that. And so that turned out to be, you know, they hinted at it, but they never dropped at it. Now we do know one thing that happened was that Hunter Biden would later go out and hire a company called Blue Star to try to make these allegations against Hunter Biden and specifically Burisma go away. And they succeeded at that. And I eventually got all of the Blue Star documents under FOIA's. They were lobbying the State Department or certainly communicating with the State Department 
meeting with Ukraine prosecutors. So Blue Star became an American company that was working alongside of Hunter Biden, trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube after Viktor Shokin had decided he was going to restart the investigation of Burisma. The, the, these Americans, uh, Hunter Biden, who had been brought in to be on the board, uh, and uh, Blue Star, they worked together to get that case shut down so that there would be no more negative publicity about Burisma or Hunter Biden. And Blue Star became a very important figure in that. But the exact company that the prosecutors were talking about in that thing, they never told me the name and I never got to it. Interesting. Okay. All right. Let's move on to your June 3rd of 2019 reporting. Uh huh. Hillary Clinton's Russia collusion IOU, the answers that she owes America. Um, and this centers around the quite fat payments that uh, were facilitated for the Clinton Foundation, the yeah. quid pro quos, pay to play, money laundering, whatever you want to call it, but the Clinton involvement um, and, and how that plays into the 2016 election. Because uh, I would assert that Hillary Clinton knew exactly what she was doing when she, in conjunction with the DNC, hired Perkins Coie, who then hired Glenn Simpson, Fusion GPS, who then hired Christopher Steele, who then wrote the Russian dossier. So effectively, if you compress all of those connections, you got Hillary Clinton paying for this oppo research uh, piece on her political opponent. But then there is the governmental aspect of all that, because, you know, obviously this, this happens all the time in politics where you dig up dirt on your opponent. It's not often, though, that you have someone like then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, who is able to sick the United States Federal Bureau of Investigation on her political opponent. Um, We've got about a minute left, John, so I just want to kind of get your top lines from this reporting. Well, this became the genesis of the book Fallout. This is when Seamus and I decided after this column that we would write this. Yeah, uh, Hillary Clinton knew that her efforts to reboot the relationship with Russia had failed and that she had a big liability going into the 2016 campaign. Her family and her foundation, her husband, $500,000, the foundation, uh, several million dollars came from Russia. She knew this was going to be a big liability. They even had a poll showing this was her biggest liability with voters. So she tried to concoct a story to flip this around and project her sins on Donald Trump. And that's how the Steele dossier was born, how all of the uh, intelligence information was given to the FBI, which wasn't intelligence. It was political operatives trying to make the FBI do their work, carry out a political dirty trick. Like those guys who showed up my home one night said the FBI was used to carry out a political dirty trick on Donald Trump from Hillary Clinton. Mm. All right. I just want to throw this up there because this is absolutely one of my favorite books. It is a staple on my bookshelf. And I always make sure that it's about eye level when we have certain people come over to our house so that they can then uh, then they can ask questions and maybe maybe scratch the surface a little. Um, So before we leave, because we've got just a minute left in this break, it almost seems like because you look at the coordination and the orchestration of Hillary Clinton uh, and the DNC with respect to the Steele dossier and the FBI's involvement. And it almost seems like that was breaking the seal for what we are seeing now with Joe Biden and his DOJ and his FBI. Yeah. Listen, once the FBI got involved in picking winners and losers in the election, they didn't stop. Right. And all throughout 2019 and 20, you see evidence where the FBI uh, is trying to not look at things about Joe Biden and then try to accelerate things about Donald Trump. And that's why we today have the weaponization subcommittee. There's legitimate questions about the FBI losing its way. And it's not the men and women on the front lines. It's the leadership in Washington, D.C. You hear that time again from people like Kevin Brock. Yeah. If it was a game of Tetris, I would take the whole FBI building and take the seventh row and just knock it out and leave the rest of them. All right. We've got to take a very quick break and we'll be right back after these messages. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops 
and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Let's rewind in time. Let's go back to June 13th of 2019 and John's reporting. Fed's gone wild, DOJ's stunning inability to prosecute its own bad actors. John, you kind of started uh, started off with the soft and then went into the really, really heavy. You started off talking about these four DOJ employees who had committed crimes, everything from shoplifting to fraud, who uh, were punished by being afforded early retirement or being transferred or just being able to keep their jobs and considering everything that we see nowadays with the thumb on the scale, the two-tier system of justice, it's unfortunately not that surprising, but it also seems like you were one of the first people, I think that this this report came out from Director Horowitz, um, Inspector General Horowitz, but it it almost seems like you were one of the first whistleblowers with respect to feds going, going wild. Yeah, listen, this would set the stage for all the lack of punishment that's occurred in the FBI collusion case or all the FISA cheating and, and, and problems that we've learned about that, by the way, went beyond Carter Page. We know there were dozens of other FISAs that had problems and 278,000 times where Americans' phone records were improperly searched. The FBI has a culture of sweeping things under the rug and finding an excuse not to punish its people even when it's warranted. And that's what this uh, story got at. Let's think about it. Remember, Andy McCabe would eventually get his retirement back, even though he's fired uh, for misconduct. Uh, Peter Strzok is suing right now, trying to claim that his um, his case was a violation of his privacy because people found out what potential wrongdoing he had engaged in. Uh, but the, I did two stories at the Hill that I think really woke up overseers on Congress Hill. This one here, uh, Congress on Capitol Hill. This one here about all the cases where there was wrongdoing substantiated, but no real punishment. And then an earlier one where the FBI and Justice Department sometime in the uh, Obama years began allowing FBI agents and Justice Department prosecutors to accept free trips from special interests. And just think about that. Special interests who, who might eventually one day be before the FBI or the DOJ with cases. And they were going on these far-flung adventures. One of the sponsors of some of these trips was a uh, was a nonprofit called Transparency International, a group funded by George Soros. And some of the agents and prosecutors who went on some of those trips would later be the prosecutors that got reached out to on the famous fake black ledger that started the Manafort aspect of the uh, Trump collusion case. So you, know, you start to see the, the, the ties come together, which is the FBI starts allowing itself to accept free gratuities. The FBI starts excusing bad behavior. And then people start to wonder why. Why are we losing faith in the FBI? Those were two seminal decisions, two seminal patterns that began to erode Americans' confidence in the FBI. And it's carried on through to today. Oh, well, speaking of people losing confidence in the FBI because of the FBI using faulty intelligence products, let's talk about the Black Ledger. So on June 19th of 2019, you published this article. Uh, FBI warned early and often that Manafort file might be fake. And they used it anyway. This was the infamous black ledger of Paul Manafort. Uh, John, there were people on both sides of the pond who were warning against this product, saying it's probably fake. There's, it's pro- there's probably not much legitimacy to it. Where did you get tipped off and uh, give, fill in some of the details for us? Well, the Ukraine prosecutors in those first interviews, you know, we talk about a lot. I would only use the parts about Joe Biden for the Joe Biden story, but I saved other parts of it. The prosecutors told me, hey, we knew right away when we got these ledgers that they had been manufactured. Why? Because when we went to find out where they came from, we found out the place they were stored had a big fire. Everything burnt to the ground. So someone had to have recreated them and they were fraudulent. The prosecutors in Ukraine told me that. Then an FBI source told me that. And then one of them said, hey, go interview the state or the Ukrainian assembly member, the MP, parliament member, who found this and turned it over to us and asked him what he thinks. And I interviewed that parliament member on TV, on camera, and he said on national television, on Hill TV, yeah, I thought it was a fake, but I turned it over to the FBI anyways, just in case there was some useful evidence. Imagine that. There were three major elements that drove the Russia collusion story in the summer and fall of 2016. The Steele dossier, uh, the uh, Black Ledger, uh, and the Alpha Bank, the famous 
bizarre mm -hmm. story that maybe there was a computer server and they were secretly communicating through Moscow. All three of those turned out to be fakes. It shows you when I was warned early on at my home in March of 17 by two intelligence officials that the FBI was being used to carry out a political dirty trick. It really was a political dirty trick. Three fake narratives made to look real to the American people engulfing two and a half years of American political attention and, and scandal. And it turned out that none of it was true. Uh, it is a shame that our country was put through that. And the people who pervade it, the people who uh, concocted it, the people who sold it to the FBI, the people in the FBI who ran with it, even though they knew it wasn't true, almost none of them got any punishment. Yeah. And when you see the political maneuverings of all of this, it's, it's like up is down and down is up. It's unbelievable. Um, I want to move on to a very important article that you wrote in September of 2019. This was September 20th, just for all of you out there to understand the zeitgeist of the moment. This was, I think, a few days before Nancy Pelosi officially filed an impeachment inquiry against Donald Trump for the phone call with uh, Volodymyr Zelensky. This was about two months after Rudy, uh, Donald Trump had had that phone call. But this centers around Rudy Giuliani and his contacts with Ukraine uh, and the mainstream hysteria over his contacts with them when, in fact, the contact was spurned on by the State Department, right? Yeah, that was it. And uh, this was the one story that I ever used Rudy Giuliani for a source on. He, on the record, told me that the State Department reached out to him and asked him questions and engaged him on meeting with these Ukraine officials to find out if this information about Hunter Biden uh, was true and whether there was a national security concern to it. The State Department was actually dealing with Rudy Giuliani, engaging him, and then turning around suggesting that Rudy Giuliani was trying to pressure the State Department. Uh, it was the only time in all of my reporting that I used Rudy Giuliani as a source for any of this reporting. It's one of the great misnomers. Again, there would have been nothing inappropriate about me using uh, uh, the, the lawyer uh, for the president of the United States as a source, but he just wasn't a source for the information. Most of the information I got, I got from government officials and from FBI officials and from public documents um, and from the interviews I did with the Ukrainian officials. But this is the one time I did use something from um, Rudy Giuliani, and it really was a shocker to me. It turns out the State Department was reaching out to him, that was the opposite of the narrative we were hearing at that time. And well, we ran with the story because it was on the record and it was confirmed by State Department officials as well. Yeah. And, and the contrast between this that was driven by, State the, by the State Department, this wasn't Hillary Clinton paying for uh, you know, the dossier from a shady Brit to smear her political opponent. This was this was actually policy at the time. Um, yeah. John, we've got one time maybe to kind of dip into this next article. These once secret memos cast out on Joe Biden's Ukraine story. This is from September of 2019. And uh, your top line from this before we go to break. Yeah, just like it's been uh, today. Joe Biden kept telling a story and it wasn't true. And the documents showed it wasn't true. And I just wanted to put the documents out there, government documents, and show people that what he was saying wasn't true. And uh, I did. I put it out there and people ignored it for a while. Today, they pay attention to these very documents uh, a lot closer. And, and it was hundreds of pages of, of documents and memos. So uh, John Solomon, if I know anything, he he backs up his stories 100% with documents for people. We'll be right back. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.
Now we get to my favorite part when I get to encourage John to take a victory lap. Let me tell you, he is highly resistant to it all the time because I know his mentality. His mentality is you are only as successful as your next headline. And John is nose to the grindstone. He never stops working. But I do want you to pause, John, and take a victory lap over this headline from Rolling Stone, who whose reputation, my gosh, has compared to 10 years ago, just absolutely in the gutter. Anyway, uh, the headline was, it doesn't take a genius to interfere in the U.S. presidential election. Uh, How a desperate foreign official bumbled his way into the center of Trump's impeachment crisis. Uh, I'm not even going to mention the authors because it's not worth it. John, you were mentioned 24 times in this. I think this was probably the first time that you were officially labeled a conspiracy theorist. Uh, This would have absolutely made my blood boil if it was me. Yeah, listen, there were a lot of arrows coming at that point, and uh, these, uh, a lot of these publications, Rolling Stone has had some serious problems with its journalism over the year, including the University of Virginia rape story that it had to recant. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I made a decision early on. I would not allow these uh, arrows to distract me. I, I owed the public answers. I understood people were questioning my reporting, and I made a decision. Rather than get uh, upset or yell or scream or, or fight back, I would just keep putting facts in into the public domain and trust the American people to be smarter than the elitists who ran some of these media institutions or these government institutions. And I think long term, that served us well. I think we just kept getting information, FOIAs and the work that the Southeastern Legal Foundation did and the work that Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley did, the work that Jim Jordan did and Mark Meadows did. And over time, it was a long time, it it, it was like turning a battleship. But I think we got uh, a really uh, extraordinary uh, set of facts out there. And the story has changed. It's now Joe Biden, who's the conspiracy theorist. He's the guy that said my family to get money from China. He did. He said he didn't change U.S. policy in Ukraine. He did. Even The Washington Post agrees on that. He caught an audible recently. They came around to my way of uh, thinking on the facts because the facts are stubborn. But, um, you know, the key, I I learned something valuable in this. And there were moments where I was angry. There were moments. I remember a moment where reporters came through my neighborhood and interviewed my neighbors and tried to suggest to them I was a Russian spy trying to influence the 2020 election. And, you know, it was pretty, they wouldn't talk to me for a long time. I had to go try to make amends with neighbors about something that just simply wasn't true. But I think the best thing you can do as a journalist is use your pen and pad and let facts fight back rather than emotion or, or personal slings. And that's what I tried to do. And I hope now in 2023, the body of facts that we put out there have informed the American public. That's all you can do. Yeah, I I wish that I could recount to our audience all of the times that I have personally witnessed you, John, and your integrity driving the actions that you make. Um, You know, you've been covering politics. I think you I think your first election was Reagan in 84. 84, Uh, And and I I mean, I think about how long ago that was. I I was still in diapers at the time. And I don't say that to age you. I say that to (laughs) express and exhibit how long you have retained your integrity. And and I say that because there are a lot of journalists out there who they go into journalism and they have this idealistic view of what they're doing and they stick to their guns, but then there starts to be chips at the armor and they start to just, you know, make concessions in this arena or, you know, they, they tell a little bit of a lie about this or they engage in yellow journalism about that. And you are someone who throughout your entire career You have remained integrous and you have this sacrosanct view of the truth and the facts. And I and I know it because every day when I'm on air and I start moving into opinion territory, uh, I can I can visibly see you starting to get uncomfortable because John (laughs) Solomon cares about the who, the what and the where. And he doesn't care about the why or any of the opinions surrounding it. Um, you. You you honestly, John. I, I look at the people in your newsroom. You are raising an, a generation of, of journalists just like you. And just in case you are wondering, all of your reporting, that obviously is going to be a huge part of your legacy, but that's really going to be your legacy. The journalists who you raise and set an example for. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I got to tell you, what I'm most proud of are the journalists I've been able to work alongside of. You are right there, right now, every day. I, I, I love coming into work, knowing I'm going to sit in this chair and hang out with you. I got to work with Sarah Carter and Jeff Birnbaum. I got to work with 60 Minutes. Uh, I am a very lucky journalist. I, I get up every day saying, I can't believe I've been allowed to do this job. But the thing that makes me most proud and motivated to come in every day are the people I get to work with and you're right there uh, with me Amanda um, integrity and honesty and you just want to get the truth out and that's all Americans ever ask of us just give us the truth and let us make up our own minds and it's fun being on this venture with you and all the people in the newsroom over there they're awesome too and, and all the people I've worked with in my career I've been very blessed 
Well, you, you have a trademark sourcing. You don't put anything out there until you've got at least double coverage on the sources. And I think that's so important. Thanks. Before we go, I just want to air um, a, a video that I think is important for all of us to remember. And I think it's very true. And it might be coming, speaking of sources, from a very strange source. Check this out. There are nations, and we've seen it recently, that exploit corruption to exercise malign influence and undermine the very sovereignty and independence of their neighbors. In this way, corruption has become an instrument of foreign policy for some nations. When politicians can be bought, when courts can be manipulated, when the media becomes a tool of propaganda, there you will find a society that is susceptible to manipulation from the outside. Yeah. I just want to say that again. When politicians can be bought, courts can be manipulated, media becomes a tool of propaganda, there you will find a societal society susceptible to manipulation, I would argue, from the inside as well, John. Yeah, Joe Biden said it well. Maybe he was projecting at the moment he said it, but it is the moment we live in in our country. We are in an existential moment, and being able to get the facts right and the truth right about the Biden scandal, the Russia scandal, it isn't about picking reds and blues or uh, the next election. It's about restoring integrity to America, and Joe Biden had it right. He didn't live by it, but those words ring true today. They really do. Yeah. John, for people who care about the truth, your reporting, your legacy, your job, your your reputation in journalism is at the very, very top. And we all owe you a huge debt of gratitude. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friend, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.